0: How is classical education different from what we have been doing, from the progressive everything? And you just confidently say to them, well, we turn from technology to real paper, real pencils, and real
1: books. Welcome to Classical Etc., a show from Memoria Press that dives into the philosophy, culture, and heart of classical education. You're in the studio with Memoria Press. Welcome to Classical Etc. Today we're going to be talking about transitioning uh, a school to a classical model. But before we get there, I am not your host permanently. I am standing in for today and so we'll see how this goes. So, we'll, we'll, who we'll are let you, you know you? how you do. Who are you? Oh, okay. Um, in case am, people aren't watching. I, that's right. I am Paul Schaefer. <laughs> I'm here with Tanya Charlton, Martin Cothran, and our special guest Kathy Becker. Who has been with Memorial Press for how many years?
0: I think this is my seventh
1: year. Seventh year? Oh, mm-hmm. Haven't seen that long. Yes, <laughs> yes, Kathy does not work in the office, so she is not a regular podcast uh, guest. Well, she works in the office, but remotely right. on a TV. I work on,
2: <laughs> on the wall.
1: <laughs> yes, she's in, in the screen on the wall. Yes. Every yes. day. Uh, so, but we need to start with lest we break good habits. Martin, what are you reading? Um, I am reading Ian Toll's uh, *The
3: Conquering Tide*, the second book in his three-volume series on the war in the Pacific in World War II, oh. and it is fascinating. I I don't know if I've said this before on the show, so stop me if I have. But th- with th- the war literature that we have in in English is really stunning, and there are some masterpieces. A lot of just a lot of this writing is really, really good narrative writing, mm-hmm. and so. You know, history should be that way anyway, right? It should be just—it should be good narrative writing. And Ian Tolles is is one of the best, and so he tells the story so well, and it's so interesting in the way he does it because it's this vast, the, the Pacific is this huge area, and the Japanese come in basically in a matter of of a week, take the whole thing over, and here we are, and we're fighting Germany, helping to fight Germany already, um, and. Uh, and we we have this whole other war to handle in the Pacific, mm. and it's this vast thing, and so there's all these great battles, and 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 uh, and he just he just tells a really really good story.
2: And we don't usually see the war from the mm. Pacific.
3: No, we viewpoint don't. Viewpoint
2: yeah. where yeah. it's right. more the other side. Have you read The Splendid mm-hmm. and the Vile by Eric Larson? No, I haven't. it's really good mm-hmm. about World War II. It's actually just one year in churchill's being prime minister it's just that one it's just a very mm. short um yeah. well, and I, time period that and, it covers but it's a lot happens yeah
3: well i was uh, giving a talk in canada recently and and for, and i was i can't remember exactly what i was talking about but I was remembering the books, well, I was talking about boredom and the importance of boredom and how we, we read when we were kids because we had nothing yes. else to do, right? And there was only a few books around. My, my house did not have a, a big library. We had the World Book Encyclopedia. Uh, and then we had, my mother had bought this illustrated Reader's Digest Illustrated History of World War II. Oh, and uh-huh. I wore that out. And so I had maps and everything. So I know where everything happened. I got a good lay of the land, which makes reading a book like this, mm-hmm. all, my, all that way easier. easier. Sure. Yeah. Cause I was yeah. thinking about yeah. when
1: you mentioned it, that you assuredly you had a general idea of yes. the, the big you really picture. Yeah. And yet you're still going in and reading more about it because you're going to find out nuggets of yeah. things you don't know. Well, my generation, uh, we,
3: we knew World War II of all the war. That was the war for mm-hmm. us. It was mm-hmm. World War II. And I, it's so weird to see that kind of receding into the distant past because I don't know yeah. that people, young people, I don't think, uh, know much about World War II.
2: Well, and they don't have the same kind of context because we have grown up with people who fought
1: in World yes. exactly. War II. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. And so yes. we are, we're losing that mm-hmm. as those people
1: are dying right yeah Yeah. it'll be interesting to see you know in 20 30 years how we look back at because even looking back at vietnam but looking back at like the the wars in the middle east i i don't get the impression that there are these significant battles in the way Mm. that there were right that are named that are named right right
2: yeah maybe that comes later
3: i think there are but you know i think one of the one of the part of the allure of world war ii was it was one of the last heroic wars. Mm -hmm. You know, look at the way we treat the Vietnam war and just go look at the monument in, in Washington. And it's, it's this, it's this dark, dreary thing in a way it's kind of underground and there's no statues. And, you know, you Mm -hmm. look at, you look at the celebrations of world war two in stone and, and they're heroic. And we don't have that about all these other wars. much.
0: I even think of my own father, Fighting in World War II and the stories. And just the other day, I was looking at a map and I was looking at Italy, Sicily, Sardinia, and here's Tunisia. And he was in Tunisia mm-hmm. and he was um, dropping bombs. He was in the back of the plane, you know, the tail bomber. And I remember him one time, he never spoke much about it, but these were the heroes of World mm-hmm. War II. Mm-hmm. And he said he remembered flying over that whole area he was Italian, and thinking of saving Italy, that is a different mindset yes. mm-hmm. than you will see today at all.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the goals are often different. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, Kathy, what have you been reading?
0: I am reading a book by Joseph Epstein. Actually, was directed to, to him. I think, I think I heard Martin say something about him. I'm sure
2: it was Martin.
0: <laughs> and... <laughs> Or, I don't know, and I read an essay, uh, and he was talking about um, why he doesn't listen to books on audio, which was interesting. But anyway, I started to read more about him, and I picked up, I ordered this book of his, it's called The Elusive Enchantment of Charm. And the whole book is about being charming, and how does that come about, and can you learn that? Are you naturally charming? Um, it's a great thought. It's a great thought. Um, a charming person likes people and wants them to like, to, to like themselves. And, um, you know, they just they just walk into the room and they are charming. And in our society in these days, people sometimes aren't quite as charming as they used to be. And he talks about even the old movies. Um, Myrna Lloyd, the different actresses. They were charming in their roles, and that is what drew people to those movies. It was a time of just being an enjoyable, charming
3: person. Well, you went to more social events back then. Now we're all, uh, you know, talking at each other online or something. There's not as many social events anymore. Mm -hmm. There once were. You had to be more personally charming, and it's hard to be charming except if it's in
1: person, right?
0: Truth. Oh, very true.
1: And yes. I feel if there's one person at this table that would be reading about etiquette and charm, it would be you. Wow, oh. that feels appropriate.
0: Very nice, Paul. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate that. She's charming. She's yeah, that's
1: what I'm saying. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> it oh, yeah. just exudes. Um.
0: <laughs> okay,
1: I'm coming back. <laughs> Tanya. Uh,
0: well.
2: I mean, David Copperfield is 900 pages. I'm still reading it and I'm waiting to pick up War and Peace again until we've had the discussion about volume one. And then I'll move straight into volume two, which is that next?
1: It's soon, right? It's in two weeks, I think.
2: Okay. So I just thought I should wait.
1: Because I'm have, only like 30 pages into volume oh, well, one. Well, you better get with it. It's
2: 300 pages. So I don't know after Copperfield, I've only got a couple hundred pages left, but I tell you. I almost, that one is the one that's autobiographical and I hadn't read it since I was mm-hmm. in college when I really didn't appreciate it and I really love it it's you know I always said Bleak House was my favorite then I really loved Little Dorrit, but I think this may become my favorite I just love that I, and I'm not big usually on first person narrative but in this case he is charming me Mm. I am really enjoying this book more than I thought I was going to.
3: I remember that one being hard for me. So
1: much. It's so good. Speaking of Dickens and being hard, I was just going to try to throw some hope to our listeners and say, (laughs) Tanya talks how much she loves Dickens. You love Dickens. I struggle with Dickens. Other than A Tale of Two Cities, I really struggle with Dickens.
2: You think he's
3: boring? Why? He's too
1: wordy. It's the, the heart. Well, yeah, of
3: course. I mean, he, his each, books I think are he's big. he's like in a serial form for magazines. <laughs> right, right, a lot you know,
0: of his books for serial. Well, a lot mm-hmm. of them
3: I think are so long. But the if you can, you, you need to you need to be psychologically prepared to read Dickens, and you need to know and and just ha- just have it in your mind that it's going to take a while. To get into the story, it will take because you've got to, so many characters. Mm-hmm. a third of the book to yeah. really mm-hmm. start enjoying it, right? Because he's he's setting things. There are a lot and of he characters. Takes his time to do yes, that. and the I characters know, are that. all yeah.
2: caricatures, yes. Yes. and mm-hmm. right. so you just have to really yeah. appreciate that style. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're all yeah. they're all you know the name their names are. Caricatures, but mm. my biggest thing is why that band Uriah Heep named themselves <laughs> Uriah Heep.
0: He's
3: such yeah, I, a. I, I think I would be willing to say that ninety eight percent of our audience does not remember that band. I remember. Oh, I no remember him band very band
0: as, much. Yes, I
2: didn't oh, know they were yes. that popular. He is such a yes. nasty oh, character. Yeah. I just don't know why you would name your band Uriah Heep. Well, maybe they never read the book. Well, they were, the book. were a rock and
3: roll band, so they maybe, were maybe metal, nasty <laughs> titles right. were. were
2: but, um, what happened to your red
3: and black book you were reading that oh, none still, of them I'm, I'm still, but, but. Is it
2: worth reading?
3: Well, I just have, I just got through like half the very, very, very long first chapter. So oh. I'm, I'm, I'll be talking about that in the future. It's oh, okay. a book just, about the French uh, town and the French countryside.
2: So okay. Mm-hmm. It's fiction,
3: right? Mm-hmm. That's it's one of the
2: great.
1: Well, novels. Paul, are you reading anything? I I am. I am reading. I hate to admit this, but uh, Madame Bovary. Oh, are oh, you? Oh, really? And I I have always seen it on, like, I mean, if you go to the library and you look for classic literature, it's going to be on the list. Oh, you yeah. know, and and I have a vague recollection that it used to be on like the banned book list of the Catholic it was, Church. It um, was on the
2: banned book list, and it is and still I think probably France, on banned generally, books yeah,
1: list. Um, and so I had did not have great hopes for it, and I think those my expectations are being borne out. Um, I read it in college. <coughs> it was but, it's one of the first modern novels, really. Yeah, it's it's credited as for ushering realism into literature. Yeah, yeah. and so it's like so we've gone from go, t- talking about going from heroes to sort of this dark place. That's exactly what mm-hmm, we've done. We've mm-hmm. we've and instead of edifying us, now all of a sudden we're just down here in the dung heap. Um
0: it's the progressive thought of we must be very real mm-hmm. and in our realness. Yeah. Sometimes there's not goodness.
1: Right. And and I was I was actually contrasting it because it's all about adulterous relationships, and I was contrasting it with Anna karenina because That's the main about, character uh, is about an adulterous uh-huh. relationship. But you have the counterpoint of Levin and Kitty that is showing you You have a meta narrative. Are you in not having that you don't have
2: your and, Madame Bovary doesn't have any, any positive at all? It, it, yeah. Not that I, maybe, not that I have yet found. Maybe it'll come. There um, are
3: no lessons in there. In really.
2: Madame Bovary. Yeah. I, it's been so long since I read yeah. it. I, I can't I, remember.
1: Well, and I went, I went and read the synopsis of like, of the whole book. So I understand where I'm going. Cause I'm looking for some hope. And when I read the synopsis, I'm like, there's, <laughs> there's no
2: hope. Maybe there's one character mm, in there we'll, that we'll will see. elicit
1: some kind of hope. We'll see. Um, but speaking of hope, uh, <laughs> Kathy, you've been working yes. years and years helping schools transition to classical. Yes. So, um, and all of us have been involved. And, and in, she did in that it herself before she even came to work for us. She transitioned that, to school. That's right. Do you want to kind of tell us maybe yeah. like the, the biggest challenge that you had in that?
0: Um, I think so. I walked into a school that everybody loved Jesus but they had a total mess of a curriculum. And um, I, I could see that they needed a classical curriculum because it's, as Memoria Press, our curriculum, cohesive, complete, connected, um, so important that the curriculum builds foundationally, that you know where you're going. And so I work with schools now and worked with that school at the time to begin that transition to a classical curriculum, that was when I met Paul. He trained my teachers. Um, and as I've seen with other schools that I work with now, there are a lot of schools that are that are making the transition. I think probably the starting point for a school is going to be educating your teachers and educating your parents. And we don't want to do it all at once and be overwhelmed. Often I will recommend to schools, okay, first year in, let's do ELA courses. So basically we're starting with phonics for the younger grades, spelling, literature, Latin, and writing. First year. I love how you
1: include Latin and English language arts.
0: Yes. Oh, definitely. Yes. So... um, you know over if you do more than that you're overwhelming your teachers you're overwhelming the students you're overwhelming your parents so we just want to walk in mm. at that pace i mean that's a lot if you think about that it
2: is a lot it paul a lot. and i have been part of a school transitioning everything everything yeah and it was rough.
0: It's overwhelming. It was yeah.
2: very rough on the teachers, especially, mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: to be handed <clears throat> every single thing brand new. And they didn't yeah. know what classical education was, so they hadn't been really bought in. Right. At the time, they were just told, you have to change your curriculum. Now, it they have bought in, and it is beautiful now, but it was a rough couple of years.
0: Yeah, I think it's always surprised me that sometimes when a school is told we are becoming classical, it strikes fear in their heart.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm.
0: And and you can't
3: I, you can't blame them really. Right, I mean, in, in, that's In right. many ways, because they don't know what that means. They, it's something they, foreign. It's something foreign. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to mm-hmm. change mm-hmm. what they do. They've been doing this. for And a the long way time. their
2: classrooms yeah. look. Yeah. I mean, for us, Absolutely. it's like get those paper lanterns down off the ceiling. <laughs> Get
1: that bunk bed out of there. Yeah. You know? That's right.
2: Bunk, bunk bed. Get those kids off those bean bags. I
1: like Yeah. Like, you know, oh, yeah. they a little reading read.
2: spot. Oh, oh yes, yes. We've yes. seen. Uh-huh. Oh, my goodness. And then there was one that had a bathtub in the oh. <laughs> classroom, and the student reader got to sit in the bathtub and read. What is the point of that? What is the point of <laughs> I mean, just. Uh, we've seen some. Things. But they're clean.
3: That's that's the. They're point. clean. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yes. The bathtubs. The
1: bathtubs are clean. Uh, no, the children this are clean throat? because they're <laughs> not using the bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> well, so um, Martin, you've gone and you've, you've you you you're sometimes part of the sort of the first wave when an administrator says we want to go classical, and I need to sort of garner some some excitement about this. Mm-hmm. What's like the main thing that you go into those? Meetings or talks speeches with that you want to communicate to the to the teachers and parents? The
3: very first thing I do is send them to Kathy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, I remember when we first met. Do you remember when that was?
0: I Maybe it was at AFI in Arizona. I it don't in, remember.
3: Uh, well, no, it, it was uh, the ACC, the oh, Association yes, of Classical it Christian was. Schools Conference. Yes, here, it was. She comes into the booth, and I think you have some of your teachers with her, and she's ordering them around. I said, this lady oh, is yes. in charge. <laughs> 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 yeah. no, and, well, what I was going to say in your, uh, what you were talking, is you do, to do something like that, to, to transition to school, you yeah. need a strong personality. You do. I mean, yes. not everybody can do this. Mm-hmm. You need you need somebody who is a strong personality, who uh who believes it. Who believes it who 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 knows it, I was say knows it and believes it. Mm-hmm. Um and uh and if you don't have those two things, I think it's, I think it's a dicey proposition. It is. It really mm-hmm. is.
2: Be- yeah. Because you're going yeah. to get pushback, you're going to get pushback from teachers, you're going to get pushback from parents. From parents. Because back back. it becomes more academic Mm -hmm. and more rigorous. And Paul and I went to a school once because they, the parents thought it was too hard. Oh, yes. (laughs) And so Uh we went and talked to the board, which was made up of parents. And we were supposed to convince them that classical education was worth doing. And so, but in the course of the conversation, when the parents were talking about, you know, how hard the homework was and how hard their children were having to work somehow, We convinced them. We we offered, because
1: we had just come out with the standard (laughs) pathway, and we said, well, we we started you on what we're now calling our accelerated pathway, because it's all we had at the time, so we can move you to the standard pathway and slow it all down Mm -hmm. by a year.
2: And we were giving them all these plans for how they could make it more doable, and then they were all like, no, we don't want to change this is what we want for our children. We want them to work
1: hard.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, yeah. That, okay. There's so many factors. In it, it was
1: almost it? like they had broken through, like it, it was six months after they'd like, they'd been mm-hmm. doing it for six months and yes. they kind of right. broken right. through They've and said, sprinkling. Oh, like we can do this. Like we want to complain about it, but we can do this.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. You know? And they didn't want it taken away. Right. At that point, because they saw what their yeah. children were doing that mm-hmm. they had not been doing. Right. That the
1: students were not, Yes. That the students that now. are enough.
3: the proof. Yeah. That it right. works. Yeah. And I mean, you asked me about mine, you know, cause I started out. You mean starting, before you
2: started reminiscing about meeting. Kathy?
3: Yes. Um, I, yeah. Many years before uh, I met Kathy. I, uh,
0: Did you have a life before then?
3: Uh, it was, it was uh, pitiful. Before then. Uh, and it, uh, my very first education act was to start a school. I mean, I had not, uh, I had not mm. taught. I had, I mean, we started from mm. absolute ground zero and we built a cottage school one one day a week cottage school which still exists to this day was founded in 1994 and uh, and we were really flying by the seat of our pants and of course I knew Cheryl at this time and we were we were commiserating on the, you know the very early the state years of, of education yeah. in Kentucky well you're right yeah but i mean we were talking about you know she was giving me books to read i was giving her books to read we we were uh, Really, at that point, really just figuring things out, Mm. and so so we started this school. uh, We ended up with over a hundred kids at this school um, from seventh grade. We started in seventh grade, and we went up to high school. Um, And so that was my really first experience in education. And then when Cheryl started Highlands Latin School, then we we started in there. And so I, I really those are really my only. Really involved two experiences in in starting a school, and that's not transitioning. Um, I, I I I run into very few cases of of a school really changing. We've we've got one here in Kentucky that we've worked with too, um, and I I probably need to get an update from you about that school. And uh, um, but um, but I uh, it, it is a hard thing to do, and you really do need uh, somebody who knows what they're doing and who is willing to bite the bullet and just do it. Because I think once you do that, we all know this. I mean, right. That um, once parents see it, they understand it. They can't, they can't understand it without seeing it. They got to see it first. And yet you don't can't have it until you start doing it. So it's yeah, a hard. Yeah. And I think yeah. that
1: distinction between the difference between starting a yeah. school and transitioning is a helpful one because the starting the school, you've got all this energy mm-hmm. of a new endeavor, mm-hmm. something, yeah. something mm-hmm. new being created, uh, something different but then when you're trying to transition one you have so many set patterns and classical is so all-encompassing right it's not just the curriculum it's also how are we teaching what do the classrooms look like how do we treat the kids you know all mm-hmm. of those sorts of issues and so it, it's a it, it takes a very different sort of leadership of deciding what piece are we going to work on over the next few months and then What's the yes. next piece after that? What's the next piece after that? Oh, I think it would yeah. be a
2: lot easier to start one than to transition one.
0: I think so too,
2: yeah. because we've when seen
1: you're them transition,
0: Oh, successfully. Yeah. successfully. Yes, yes. But oh, it definitely, but it's hard work. Definitely.
3: And to, and to, it is, to know that it can be done, you know, we're all coming from a background where we've done what, we, what is right. even more, is impo- hard, even harder than that? You know, starting from pure scratch on some things. Once you've done that, you know, what's possible and you realize mm-hmm. it's not as hard as everybody thinks it is. And you've got to convince people that it is.
0: You do have to convince people though. And um, I think many times with an administrator who is frightened, who wants to do this, but they Mm -hmm. sort of are a little bit, you know, intrepid. They step into it. They say, I'm going to do it. One of the things to encourage them is to say, when you have that parent across the desk from you, And that parent says, how is classical education different from what we have been doing, from the progressive everything? And you just confidently say to them, well, we turn from technology to real paper, real pencils, and real books. I have had parents sit across the desk and just say, I love this. I want this. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And you just, Mm -hmm. you know, that administrator needs to confidently just put it out there because parents want this good thing, but they sometimes will say, I couldn't put it into words. I didn't know what it was, but that. Mm. That's such an interesting
1: nugget because you're just giving them something very, very tangible. Yes. Yeah, right. Yes. That's that's really true. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And the world is spinning around them and everything, there are screens everywhere and you just say that Mm. and they say, yes. Yes. I'm coming along with you,
3: <laughs> which which is not really a specifically classical thing. No. It's just a traditional thing, yes. but it it is part of what we do. It's
0: the beginning. Yeah, right. it's the yeah. beginning. Mm-hmm. And then with your teachers, you walk them in bit by bit. This is why um, the classical teacher is so great. You use that in your staff meetings. Have them read just one article. You discuss it once a month. They step in more and more. We, we believe, we always say, that classical education will change you as a person. And, you know, I remember that fifth grade teacher coming into my classroom, uh, coming into my office mid-year. I get it. I get it, Mrs. Becker. What? What is it? I need to forget everything I learned in college. (laughs) I'm like, "Mm -hmm. yes, you're on the right path. Uh, Only because of the progressive mindset, right? So uh, bit by bit, I mean, and that's the memoria thing, right? We do a little bit at a time for a lot in the long run. We do four novels a year, little bit at a time. We go deep, deep, deep. In the end, we have a lot. Mm -hmm. And we do that with our teachers Mm -hmm. too. We pour in bit by bit by bit by the end of the year oh i'm a changed person i want to read different books i'm interested in other things we become different people
3: well and isn't that really the greatest enemy of what we're trying to do is this this hidebound conventionality that we have in education i mean they, they portray they always portray themselves as these sort of revolutionary progressives in ed schools when in fact they're exactly the opposite and they're just yeah. they're just propounding this this old system that is encrusted with barnacles and it can't get anywhere, and <laughs> which is what people we, would say about classical education uh, well, really encrusted in barnacles. But it's uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, check under of, your car, Mark. You got some barnacles down barnacles there. under my car. That would be interesting. Um, but no, that would there is that it's just it's a mentality that. That this is the way you have to do it because that's what the authorities say we have to do. And that's what my uh, teacher's college experience told me to do. And it's all about protocols and it's all about these, you know, these dumb things that don't help anybody and many of which are just simply harmful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, people don't know that.
2: Mm-hmm. I was in a recent meeting with uh, our rep from one of the major publishing companies that we buy books from. And she just innocently across the table asked me what I thought about the science of reading. And I feel like I just went off on her. <laughs> <laughs> what
1: I
0: it's phonics. It's just phonics.
2: I mean, I was just like going off and she, would, and she just was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing new about... The yeah, science uh-huh. of breathing. They, like, they, they, they,
3: they, 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 they have to admit that we were right all along.
2: But they, can, but they, they can't
1: utter the word phonics. <laughs> it's just, it's, That's right.
2: it's <laughs> ridiculous.
0: Yes. Yes.
2: So
1: uh maybe to conclude, right, if we're talking about in this transition, um, trying to help people along bit by bit, what are books that each of you would recommend to a teacher or mm-hmm. an administrator?
2: Before we go there. Can I make one other Absolutely. point is that you're, if you are a school that's transitioning or even a new startup school or even a homeschool group that decides we want to have a cottage school, you have to be willing to say goodbye to some people, especially mm-hmm. a transition. There yes. are going to be people who think they're bought in, but they never buy in. And that goes for teachers and parents. You you could possibly lose some families because they don't want what you're offering. But you have to, as an administrator, you really do have to just stand firm and you have to know what you're doing, why you're doing it, and not. that was the thing about Cheryl. She was so adamant and so convinced about what she was doing. It didn't matter what anybody said to her, what any teacher said, what any parent said she stuck to her guns i'm not saying she wasn't willing to listen and she wasn't and she was willing to make change i mean we saw lots of change as she grew also but she knew the basic tenets of what she was doing and stuck to it and that's what you you've, you've got to be willing to let some people go and that's hard Yes. I just thought I'd yes. throw that well, in there.
1: but that maybe that goes really well along with my, with my question because you know, in in asking them to read certain things, in in essence, you're prepping some self selection mm-hmm. um, for mm-hmm. people to read this and right. say, "I don't want this. This isn't the kind of education that I think is the best for children." Mm-hmm. So, are there any that come to mind?
0: Well, of course, you know, we always talk about climbing Parnassus, right? although I think that a person first stepping into classical education might be a little lost there. Mm -hmm. And so we need to, that's why I say we start them out small. Um, I've been surprised by, um, by teachers not, you assume that a teacher will like to read. It's not always so if they have not had a good education, right? So you have to you can't read the great things until you read the good things, mm. and so we start with little little articles from uh-huh. a classical teacher we step them in bit by bit, then we go a little deeper maybe our second year into transition they're ready to read climbing Parnassus mm. because they've got a base they need to know to even understand that thought process yeah. of what Tracy Simmons is saying how how do I even um think that way. And so I I think that is something that we do need to be careful of. And I've noticed it a lot visiting schools. We get used to this. Mm -hmm. We get used to Mm -hmm. all of these things that we talk about. You walk into a school that's transitioning, they're babies. They are not aware of all these things. And so we need to be careful that we start where we should Mm -hmm. in walking teachers in. Can I
3: tell you my test for a good school? is you walk into the teacher's room and you sit down and you listen to what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Because if you do that here, you know, they're in there arguing about Moby Dick or right, or, you know, right. they're, they're talking about what they're teaching. The curriculum. The curriculum.
2: And that's, a, I think your point is excellent. I do think we just throw out books mm-hmm. that, that have really, and, and I throw out climbing Parnassus because it's the first book Cheryl gave to me mm-hmm. to read, but I had already at a
0: point already. I was oh. at that
2: point yes. because I had been mentored by her. Mm-hmm. I was, as my children were students in her school. So I, you're mm-hmm. right. That's
1: a great and, caution and for administrators who have maybe yes. spent a couple of years trying to decide, am I going to do this? Then they decide to do it. And you have to realize your teachers haven't been doing that the past couple That's of exactly years. That's right. exactly
0: And the, the best way to just stop any interest they have is to <laughs> overwhelm them, yeah. right? You're right. We want them inspired. Mm-hmm. We want them excited. We want them to look forward to this great thing that they're doing. So and we on, can't overwhelm them.
2: Yeah. On that note, and to... That goes with the point you made too is just you could read the curriculum together. We did that. We took like all of the read alouds in um, third through sixth grade. We at Memorial Press would read one of those and go to dinner and discuss it.
1: That was the genesis of our book club. It now we're was. reading War, War and Peace. So right. I see how far we've come. See, <laughs> see where we've with. come.
2: See where teachers can get to. But um, articles are great for me. For a teacher, I love that Seven Myths.
0: Oh, that was book, a great
2: book. by yes. Daisy Christa yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. i love loved that
1: book, yeah, and I
2: think that is really helpful for transitioning schools if they do it together myth by myth just because it points out this is why we're doing this because of all of these problems yes. Yes. that she very clearly enunciates i think in that book
3: yeah so A great I, so we, I we should remind listeners that that we've we've got Articles we've got because because they're going to need outside mm-hmm. help. They cannot. Yes. they most of them cannot do this by themselves. Let's say have somebody in there who really knows their stuff. So we've got articles. We've got video. Really great videos coming out now. Um, we've got um, and we've got speakers. I mean that's a lot of what I do. Yes. Uh, I, I'm leaving next week to go speak uh, to a school and have somebody come in and articulate this mm-hmm. to people mm-hmm. that maybe nobody there can do. Uh, Mm -hmm. So we do have resources to. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. And I think um, because of where I'm located in the West, far from Louisville, we have all of these schools that can't make it here. It's very expensive. Mm -hmm. So when we have regional trainings and going to getting those schools and spending two days going through all of the curriculum, then a teacher can start the school year prepared and excited. Mm -hmm. It It may be new to me, but Mm I, I have this, I like this. Um, I think our lesson plans are the greatest thing because we can say to a teacher, we can make your life better. Mm. You do not always have to stress about what you're going to do. And at the end of the day, you've taught hard, you've enjoyed your teaching, you've been prepared, and you can go home and love your family.
1: And you've gotten to check off all those boxes. Yes,
0: boxes are great for checking, aren't they?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, and Kathy, I think you, you it, that brings up a, another point. I've been trying to wrap this up for a while, but- Um, that that, you know the teachers need time to prepare and so like the best thing that you one of the best things that an administrator could do if they're changing curriculum is get those those books in the teacher's hands before the school year's over yes don't wait till august to get those books in their hands that is a big because that happens a lot it happens more than than you would think and stop thinking that you need to reinvent the wheel every
3: time you mm-hmm. do a lesson, okay? Mm-hmm. We, the way I wrote my logic books, the way mm-hmm. Cheryl wrote the Latin books, is your lesson plan is there. You just have to step through it and learn it. Mm-hmm. You don't have to in- invent it. I mean, all these teachers who have to go, you know, I know teachers and they'll be at my our family's parties or something. Well, uh, I've got to go home and, and do lesson planning. I'm thinking- what do you have a curriculum department for? I mean, are, are, isn't that what they're supposed to be doing? Are they supposed to give you a lesson? This has been, we've been educating for thousands of years and you don't have a lesson plan for your, your
1: class tomorrow. I don't get it. So. Oh, dear. Well, on that note, if you uh, are interested in getting your institution or your school to, to transition to classical education, reach out Kathy's uh, name and picture and contact information is on the website. And, and also
2: uh, homeschoolers that,
1: That want to start schools. That want to start. Yes. Absolutely. And uh, join us next week for the next episode of Classical Etc. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Classical Etc. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to check out all the other shows on the Memorial Press Podcast Network. This has been Classical Etc. Thanks for being here, and we'll see you again soon. You've been listening to the Memoria Press Podcast Network, providing a classical Christian perspective on the world of education. To learn more about Memoria Press, visit us at memoriapress.com. To connect with us, find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.